Look, driving reform from Canberra is difficult for a number of reasons. Um, and the question here is not about whether the Commonwealth is coming up with good ideas for, for reform. A lot of them often make a lot of sense and a lot of them often come from a good place and have good intent. The real question is, is it actually going to lead to change on the ground? Welcome to the Grattan Report podcast. You're with Megan from the Grattan Institute and today we're discussing what the government should prioritise with Gonski 2.0. The Commonwealth's review to achieve educational excellence in Australian schools, or Gonski 2.0 as it's come to be coined, is a serious opportunity for a new national conversation on school education. The review team will report back in March this year on what works, which will likely inform the Commonwealth's next steps, including negotiating funding with state governments later this year. And while this review is understandable, given the extra funding that will flow to schools over the next 10 years, it's important to remember that this extra funding accounts for only 3.3% of government spending on schools, and the focus should be on ensuring all government money for school education is spent effectively. Grattan's newest report, The Commonwealth's Role in Improving Schools, outlines the most important big system reforms that should be undertaken to ensure school funding is most effective. Joining us today to talk through the recommendations in this report is School Education Fellow and co-author Julie Sonneman. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Megan. Thanks. Julie, can you talk us through the likelihood of a national school reform in 2018? Is there a reason it's become such a focus? And do you think national reform is a good idea? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot happening at the national level at the moment. Um, last year, the extra funding um, was announced through Gonski 2.0. Um, and so this year, the terms of the actual agreement are being negotiated with the states and territories and the Commonwealth. And this is really the time when the Commonwealth, if it's going to um, work with the states and territories on new reform efforts, um, at the time that a funding agreement is negotiated is when that's most likely to happen. Under the Constitution, the Commonwealth can impose new conditions on states and territories in school education. So it's the main way that it can actually start to increase the amount that it might be involved in schools. And there have been some signals from the from the current government that it is interested in doing that. Um, there's been um, a strategic document that's laid out a number of options for new requirements. Um, the Gonski review of the evidence um, was set up to actually help look at the evidence on what works and inform how the new uh, funding should be spent wisely. So we know that the Commonwealth is quite concerned about the state government spending money wisely and there is potential that 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 through these negotiations that there will be new, potentially new reforms on the table. And do you think it's a good idea? Look, it's, it's great that we're having a national debate about school education and that it's, um, that it's something that's, that's that's getting a lot of attention. There's big problems. We know that internationally, Australia's slipping backwards compared to other countries and in absolute terms. Um, we know that there's real problems with equity and we know that we need to broaden out our school system so that we're giving students much broader skills for life around resilience and, and whatnot. So yes, like it's a, there are big challenges and it's great that we've got national attention. Um, there's a lot of good things that can come from national reform efforts. For example, um, some of the national architecture that now underlies the school education system around the curriculum, um, national benchmarking and assessment, that's all been established by the Commonwealth. Um, but from our what our report looks at is some of the, the history of Commonwealth state relations where actually, when you look at it on the whole, there's a lot that actually doesn't lead to a lot of benefit and can lead to a whole heap of red tape 
red tape for states and territories, especially when they don't have buy-in to what the Commonwealth's actually doing. Mm. Um, so our report looks at what are the big reforms that are actually like, likely to change drive change in school education and most of those are in the domain of states and territories um, and then within the within that what are the few things where the commonwealth can do that will actually be constructive and add value so really the key question here is is not whether the commonwealth ideas are any good or not it's actually about whether or not they're going to result in change on the ground and that's the question a lot of people don't think about when they're thinking about what can the commonwealth actually do in school education so you mentioned that the report discusses how best to achieve a system of continuous improvement for schools. Can you tell us about the broader picture that Australia's education system needs? Sure. So I think for any system of continuous improvement, there's three things that are needed. First, you need a good evidence base on what actually works in the classroom. Second, you need the right conditions in place for teachers to actually be able to use evidence and adapt it to their local needs. And third, you need a broader policy um, setting which supports schools and teachers to do that. In school education, I think number one, looking at the evidence gets a lot of a lot of attention. Yes, there's there's a real dearth of evidence um, and we definitely need to improve there. But I think what we've tried to highlight in our report is that it's actually a lot more complex than that. Even when you do have a good evidence base, um, you know, it's actually quite difficult to, to construct the right system architecture and settings so that teachers actually pick up the evidence and use it. So for example, um, you know, that might mean you need you know, schools to be places where teachers can feel comfortable to actually take risks because when you actually use the evidence and you might be trying a different way of working, you know, it may not work. So um, there's a lot more research that needs to be done in schools um, and this has been highlighted by a number of research institutes. Other countries are really looking into it. Um, implementation science is an emerging field and that looks at the psychology of why people change behaviours and what methods work most effectively. So that's an area that we've called on um, for much more research um, as well. And then thirdly, going back to the broader system settings, um, that's something that we've talked to in, a, in our previous paper at the end of last year, moving towards an adaptive education system. And really that's focusing on having the right information flows and the right feedback loops in place so that systems learn over time. So that, for example, good policy support that's provided by a region is either, you know, will be continued and expanded. Um, and those that are, that are not working as well would be dropped. So it's really just about evaluating what works and making sure that you learn and improve over time at all different levels. Mm. So, Julie, now for the important question. What big reforms should governments be focused on that will make the most difference? So, in school education, we know that the thing that makes the most difference is effective teaching in the classroom. That's the biggest factor outside of the home environment that drives improvement. Um, and this is something that is squarely within the state government's responsibility. So, they're responsible for, for developing the workforce, for developing their skills, um, for the assessment tools that they, they use. Um, and we know that there's a lot of things that need to be done to improve here. Um, so for example, around developing the workforce, teachers need much better support in um, knowing how to use data, interpreting it, and then understanding what, how they can adjust their teaching to then improve student learning outcomes. Um, they also need more feedback. There's a real culture of closed doors in schools. We know that the teacher career structure needs a redesign so that top teachers are actually given much more time to develop other teachers in their schools and across schools so that we can actually 
spread effective practice. School leadership's another big lever. Look, all of these these areas are fundamentally within the state and territory domain. There is, in, in taking that step back, there are a number of complementary things that the Commonwealth can do to support these things, but ultimately the big reform, reform levers are, are with the states and territories. So that's kind of the stuff that does need to be looked at. Um, is there anything that needs to be avoided? What doesn't work in school education? The key things that the government needs to avoid is really over-relying on competition and choices leave as levers. They've been systematically shown to be not that effective in improving outcomes. Um, we also know that test-based accountability, while attractive in theory, can create a whole heap of perverse incentives um, for teachers when you put too much pressure on a really blunt instrument. Um, it doesn't necessarily try the t- drive the type of behaviour that, that you're seeking to improve. Mm. Obviously, school funding is a complicated beast uh, with both state and Commonwealth governments involved. Um, You've talked about, you know, how it's much more state based in terms of the things that need to be done. But then there's Commonwealth sitting over the top of that. So how involved should the Commonwealth be in how school funding is used, in your opinion? Look, driving reform from Canberra is difficult for a number of reasons. Um, And the question here is not about whether the Commonwealth is coming up with good ideas for for reform. A lot of them often make a lot of sense and a lot of them often come from a good place and have good intent. The real question is, is it actually gonna lead to change on the ground? And the history of Commonwealth relations, Commonwealth state relations in Australia shows that that's actually really, really hard. Um, Often when state governments don't have buy-in to the solution that the Commonwealth is proposing, there's limited collaboration. There's limited genuine desire to implement the changes fully. Um, and it can often respond in ticker box responses, um, result in red tape and a, and a whole heap of extra paperwork for not a whole heap of benefit. Um, even worse is when sometimes Commonwealth policies can come over the top of state government policies and cause a whole heap of duplication. Sometimes they might pull in different directions. Um, it can confuse the public in terms of who's actually responsible for education. Is it the federal, is it the state government? Trying to work out who's doing what can be difficult. It just confuses accountability in, in a way that our system was not designed for. Um, state governments are ultimately responsible for schools. And um, if the public is unhappy about that, they can take that to the ballot box. Hmm. Um, so we'd, we'd caution against the Commonwealth getting involved even when there are clear benefits in some areas, because it can be really difficult for the Commonwealth to actually even independently verify change in a lot of cases. So often, for example, um, state governments often don't have a direct line of sight into classrooms or systematic data collection on on what's actually happening. And so when a Commonwealth government specifies a specific change, it's very difficult for the Commonwealth to actually independently verify that, um, either through looking at the state government data or seeking to do it through their own mechanisms. Um, And this is not to say that the Commonwealth obviously doesn't have a significant role in schooling. Um, A lot of the work that they do in existing areas, um, in terms of the national architecture, um, in terms of benchmarking, you know, it's it's good. But arguably, should they expand their role now? No. So in the report, you've recommended prioritising only a small number of reforms. How should the government do that? So we've suggested a prioritisation framework in the report that really asks, has three criteria. 
So one, is it does the idea actually have strong evidence behind it? Two, can can government actually make it happen? Is there a clear pathway to a solution? So whether regardless of whether it's a state government or Commonwealth government or regional government, you know, is there actually a solution at at scale that is amenable to policy? And three, will Commonwealth intervention actually help? Um, so given all of, you know, sometimes there can be clear benefits from, from Commonwealth getting involved in terms of coordination and scale and consistency, but given the costs and the risks of those costs arising in terms of duplication, overall, is it really actually likely to, to, to create um, net, net, net benefits? So using that framework, when you look at a lot of the ideas that the Commonwealth might have in mind, you know, most of them are good ideas. They all meet criteria one, but the issue is that they fall down on criterias two and three, um, which is, is it actually easy to do at scale? That's And even where it is possible to do at scale um, through a government policy, is it actually possible for the Commonwealth to intervene in a way that actually creates change and positive change? So, for example, one of the Commonwealth conditions is around explicit teaching and requiring that all schools in Australia have explicit teaching. Um, that sound, that's a great idea. It has a lot of evidence behind it. But in order for that to actually result in teachers adopting and improving the way that they're using explicit teaching, it will require teachers having a very common understanding of what, what that specific method involves. It will, it will require... Um, uh, state governments to also have um, the training and the wraparound support to actually roll that out so that, you know, there's there's people um, role modelling what explicit teaching looks like. There's a really clear understanding of exactly the standard at which you need to to, um, to do that to a, to a high level. Um, and there'd, there'd need to be the right accountability um, settings in place as well. So, you know, state governments can't just flick a switch to implement a change. And obviously, that's why a lot of these things aren't happening in schools at the moment. So look, while, so while it's a really good idea in theory, actually trying to make that change of practice is really hard. Mm. So then where to from here? What should be the next steps for the Commonwealth Government? So first and foremost, we'd recommend that the Commonwealth deliver on its existing responsibilities first. So there's a lot that needs to be done in initial teacher education, for example. Um, the national curriculum is going to have its own challenges in terms of broadening outcomes out in the future. You know, there's a number of areas where they should be focusing on what they're doing now and doing it better. Mm -hmm. um, we also, in addition, recognising that the Commonwealth is likely to act this year, identify a number of areas where Commonwealth-state collaboration could be quite productive and where we think maybe the states would actually welcome some constructive help from the Commonwealth on, which is critical. So the first is around investing in some of these new capabilities and how to measure them. So in terms of the 21st century skills that people talk about, so teamwork, resilience, um, every state and territory is struggling with how to measure these um, areas as well. So that seems like a really obvious area that could benefit from national coordination so that there's not a lot of duplication between different states mm -hmm. or huge gaps in terms of the research effort. And um, the second is around um, improving how we measure student progress. Key issue we've been arguing for for a long time. Um, we know that we need to focus much more on growth and not just achievement. Um, for example, here, there's potential for the, the Commonwealth government to develop a national um, measure of learning progress that could be used by teachers in the classroom and linked to the national curriculum. 
Third, um, we'd recommend that the Commonwealth get involved in assessment, big area, expensive to be investing in assessment tools, real need for improving the quality of assessment tools. And also we'd recommend that the Commonwealth do a star rating on assessment tools that are available so that there's more guidance to schools and they don't spend a whole heap of time in, in searching for the right tool. Um, and lastly, we're advocating for a, a national evidence body which is filling a gap in terms of coordinating um, the sharing of research across Australia. Um, it'd also really be a symbolic shift for the sector in terms of establishing standards for evidence. There's a real um, lack of quality in, the, in research evidence in education. So part of this would be about saying we are serious about moving to a much more rigorous and scientific evidence base. Um, and actually helping to encourage those standards to be picked up across the country. Um, and also um, commissioning more work that is that is rigorous. So we don't have, health, school education, unlike other sectors like health, for example, doesn't have um, the kind of quasi-experimental studies or the um, randomised controlled trials that often occur, which are really needed in order to understand what works and some of the, and the conditions under what works that mm. we were talking to before. So we think that a national evidence body, which would only, obviously, it would not replace any of the state-level bodies and it would simply help to join up that network, um, is something that would be a really positive contribution. Mm. And, and lastly, this was outside the scope of the Gonski 2.0 review, but um, investing in early childhood education is a huge priority. We know that in terms of what can actually impact school outcomes, early childhood education has an enormous impact. So if you're looking at how to improve schooling, you can't really separate that from the question of what can we do better to improve um, early childhood. And this is an area that is critical nationally and where the Commonwealth government, you know, has a clear role. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Julie. It will be very interesting to see what 2018 brings to the school funding landscape. If you'd like to download a copy of the full report we've discussed today, head to our website, grattan.edu.au. As always, you can stay up to date with all of Grattan's news reports and events by subscribing to our Twitter at Grattan Inst or on Facebook, Grattan Institute. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then help your friends to find it by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Grattan Institute is uniquely positioned to bring an independent, rigorous and practical lens to big issues in public policy, with the capacity to talk honestly to both sides of politics. We maintain this unique position through the generosity of the public and our affiliate companies. If you would like to find out more about contributing to our continued independence, head to our website to donate, grattan.edu.au. This has been a Grattan Institute podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes.